This episode was recorded on Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. Things may have changed by the time you're listening to this. You simply will not buy the world that the elders have given them. They see too much hypocrisy in it. They see too many things that is wrong with it. And I think that the elders are going to have to realize that they simply can no longer browbeat youth into following its established path. My name is Molly. My name is Story. Um, and today we are going to talk about a variety of different topics. But first, we thought it would be fun to do a little bit of a check-in. So, Story, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Back home uh, from college. Uh, got I, I did really well in my classes last semester. I'm looking forward to the next one. But right now, I'm just enjoying life. Uh, excited for the holidays. Uh, speaking of, what are what are some of your fun plans for the holidays? Um, I am going to Zoo Lights tomorrow night, so that should be very exciting. I actually have not been to Zoo Lights since I was, I think, like seven years old. So I think it'll be exciting to go back as like a semi-adult and just see what it's like. Um, and other than that, just spending time with family. I'm actually working right now. Um, and yeah, just spending time with loved ones. What about you? Yeah. Um... I think we're going to have a pretty chill Christmas this year. Uh, we're going to see some family on, on Christmas Eve, but uh, other than that, it's, it's pretty chill. Uh, I definitely do want to go to Zoo Lights at some point. It's, uh, it, it's always really fun. And I, haven't, I, I also haven't been in since I was really young. Um, so, yeah. Uh, today, we're going to do a bit of a uh, year in review episode as we come to the end of 2022. Uh, what a year it's been. So we're going to look back. Maybe look forward a bit. Uh, but first, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Yes. Uh, what was yours last year? What's yours this year? How'd you do? How'd you do last year? So I'm sure many of you listening can relate to this. I always make New Year's resolutions and goals. And I will say I've stuck to some of them. Like, for example, um, something that's really important to me is keeping like a really clean living space. And I feel like in my dorm, I've done a really good job at that. My roommate and I are great at like... I don't know, just having a nice, like, space to come back to, so I'm proud about that. Um, another goal I have was to be more active and eat better, which, you know, did the best I can. It's it's always hard, especially as a college student, to do that. But, um, yeah, I had a couple goals um, that I think I achieved, like, just overall trying to do, like, more fun things and, I don't know, just living life more. But I think this year my goals are to work on some special projects I have, kind of in the works and making sure that I am able to make some progress on those and also just I don't know just doing things for myself to be well mentally and physically and everything and just again like trying to find moments of peace and joy in life even when it's hard and stressful because that story I know you can relate to this college can be very stressful and just a lot to handle at times but yeah I'm looking forward to the new year what about you story what are your resolutions from last year and then this year well, my resolution last year was, you're never going to guess, to start a podcast. <gasps> that is so and, cool. Oh, my God. And <laughs> I succeeded in that. Um, that was actually, that actually was my New Year's resolution. Um, and thank you to, to Molly for helping me to, to make that happen. 
Um, oh my gosh, story. We should tell. So yeah, we that, should that tell the great. story of that. Some we have to tell at some point, like how we how we even did we ever tell a story about how we started the podcast or like how it kind of came together. Uh, I think we we vaguely did in mm-hmm. our intro. Maybe maybe we can tell the full story one. Yes, day, but we'll have to. Let's save that for another day. Yes. Um, my New Year's resolution this year, I think, is is to also work on some more special projects. Uh, I've got a few a few ideas for different uh shows and, and music and other things that I wanna try and do. So uh I don't wanna get hung down in specifics right now because I'm working on a bunch of different things and I don't know what I'm ultimately gonna decide to spend my time on, but uh uh at least one new creative project I think I wanna release this year. Um yeah. I like it. Those are some good goals and resolutions. Um, but yeah, so like Story said, for today, our episode is going to be a bit of like a 2022 rewind, you could say. So we're, we, our Story was awesome and made a list for each month of a couple of the bigger events that happened. Um, some of them were a bit more on the humorous side, you could say, but some of them are more serious or have to do with the Supreme Court and such. So yeah, we're going to kind of go through each month, share our reactions and kind of what happened with you all just for a refresher, um, and kind of share our reaction at the time versus kind of how I feel about it now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's start in January. And uh, I have four different stories written down. Uh, the first comes to us from Kazakhstan, where there were basically massive protests, and Russia ended up sending in, um, I'm not sure if it was like fully troops or, or just aid. I think it was like actual troops went in to help the Kazakhstan government crack down on these protests. Um, I'm not sure what the outcome of them ended up being, but, uh, at the, at the time, um, Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine yet. And so we were, we were, they were like gearing up to, but they hadn't done it yet. And this was just, uh, an example of a, a, another thing that made Russia seem like more of a potential threat. Um, and now like looking back at it in retrospect, it's like, oh yeah, like, of course they invaded Ukraine. Like we knew it all along because we could see like they were doing all this stuff with Kazakhstan, um, and stuff. So that's uh, those are, those are my thoughts on the protests. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think during this time that this happened, we were still doing Constitution Team, and I think one of our questions might have had to do with it, international relations. I want to say, so I think we had talked about it a bit, but I don't honestly really remember my initial reaction. I think I was just kind of surprised because I think I I didn't really know much about the country and didn't really know much about like its government in the news and I think now it's interesting like you were saying story to hear about it again just because of what's happening in Ukraine and I guess maybe like the connection possibly between the two or how I guess Russia interacts with other countries I think it's just I don't know it's just really really interesting to look at it now and just see the difference between like what was going on then versus like what's going on at the end of the year yeah um uh our next story uh involves COVID-19 and an Australian tennis player or no, he's not Australian. There's an event that happened in Australia, right? Yes. Uh Novak Djokovic, he was I think he was barred from competing in the the event in Australia because he refused to get vaccinated. Yes. He um 
would not get vaccinated. And so he couldn't go to events like the French Open or the Australian Open, which are pretty a pretty big deal in the tennis world because these are titles that put your name on the map um, and make people, you know, want to follow you on Instagram or get you brand deals. And the fact that he wouldn't get a COVID vaccine and, like, was so strongly opposed to it, I think personally was interesting. I haven't talked about this before, but I'm a tennis player, like, just, like, on the side for fun. Um, I've never, I was telling a story this earlier, I've never been, like, super into any of the tennis players, not, like, regardless of who they are. And so when I heard about this, it just really irritated me at the time. And now it's still just, like, like stupid, I guess. Um, I guess, like, I, I guess at the time he said, like, he was never against vaccines and that he, like, supported just, like, freedom of choice and whatnot, but... I don't know. I feel like getting like a COVID vaccine is just like a simple thing to do to protect yourself and others. And now it's like I'm not as annoyed, but I'm still like, it's just like, a, I don't know. I just think it's stupid, I guess, like a dumb decision on his part. Yeah, um, it it kind of reminds you like how big of a thing COVID was. It's kind of fallen out of the news like recently, but it's it's still going around. Um, I know like people that like have had COVID in like the past week. Uh, so it's, it's definitely still around and it's just, it reminds me of a, a time when we were talking about it more. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's all I'll say. It's, I mean, you said it, it's a dumb decision. Just get the vaccine and, and play in the tournament. Get those people to follow you on Instagram. Speaking of follow us on Instagram, sunset.politics <laughs> <laughs> uh, for updates and more. Uh, our next story, the oh, the result of the 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 verdict came out in the case of the death of Ahmad Arbery, and there were a bunch of people that were found guilty for that. Uh, and I think um, at the time I thought this was a great thing. I still do. Uh, it's it's accountability. It's uh, if you know anything about that case, it's just it's the most obvious example of like a racially motivated hate crime that you'll ever see um it's like people these people basically just like essentially hunted down this guy who was just kind of going through a jog in the neighborhood um and so yeah it just I, i'm glad that that people saw justice for this at least in this instance yes absolutely um i remember at the time just being so disgusted and i i still feel the same way about this and i know that it was like a sudden and father who did this and their neighbor and they were i think the son and the father were sentenced to life in prison and they were charged i believe with a hate crime as well which thank god finally some accountability and i think the neighbor only got i think about 35 years um but or federally at least um but i think it's really just scary in a in a way as well like looking back on this like this is one of the only times that the black community has gotten the accountability that they've asked for. And I think it's also interesting because people always talk about the U.S. and just different places in the U.S. is like, oh, they're so like progressive and, you know, they're, they don't have that backwards thinking anymore. And this just proves like racism is still alive and obviously doing a lot of harm and still active. So I don't know. There's just always more work to be done and more beliefs that people need to unlearn and I don't know. I just think that accountability is so important, and I'm glad that his family got that accountability, even though their son should not have been killed, and literally for just jogging. 
and minding his own business. But yeah, I just hope that this verdict like has a precedent and helps people again, like understand like how racism really is embedded in our country, unfortunately, still. Our next uh, story, the last one from January, was uh, the Supreme Court stayed a vaccine mandate that the Biden administration tried to do through the uh, through OSHA. Basically, they were saying businesses above a certain size have to uh, every worker there has to be vaccinated. And the Supreme Court said that it was that they ordered a stay of the mandate. The they still haven't heard the full case, so they might they might change their mind. But the the OSHA mandate was struck down. I believe the um. There's another part of that mandate that mandated healthcare workers uh, funded by Medicare to get um, vaccinated, and that was actually not stayed. So, uh, again, this this also brings me back to the Constitution team. Um, it, it was uh, it was a big big uh, big point of discussion there, and uh, yeah, at the time. Um, at the time, I'm not sure what I... I can't remember what, what I, I really felt. I just remember, like, having to learn so many things about it. Uh, I didn't get much time to, like, form, a, like, a, a, an opinion. Um, but I think at the time, I was probably against the ruling. Uh, the the mandate makes sense. But uh, it's possible that it ends up getting upheld when the Supreme Court hears the full case. So, I don't know. It's... It's, uh, it's something to, to look forward to into the future definitely 2023 we'll see we'll see what the uh final outcome of the story ends up being. yes yeah no i'm i'm pretty much like on the same page as you i would say like i mean i really don't have much more to add i think i would just say like i think it's so interesting the response to the covid vaccine in particular because there's so many vaccines that people have to have to go to school and such and i just think the response to the covid vaccine in particular was really interesting just how people were so opposed to it um, I guess it's kind of all I have to say. Like everything else you said, I totally like. That was kind of how I felt too. Yeah. Uh, moving into February, I think we'll skip this first one and go to the second one because it also has to do with vaccines. It's the uh, Canadian trucker protests. Uh, there was a a vaccine mandate in Canada uh, that basically I think you had to you had to to like cross the border. I think you had to be vaccinated, and it ended up like a bunch of truckers basically blockaded. I think it was Ontario or wait, Ontario is the province. Would it be, would it, was it Ottawa? Was it Toronto? I it might, I think it was like across the country. Yeah. There were a bunch of like truckers that essentially like parked and blocked streets and like loudly were honking at uh, like at the Canadian government to try and get them to lift the mandate. Um, I don't think it worked. So yeah, it's just um, at least early in the year, this was a big thing of anti-vaccine mandate protests um it, it really you kind of forget like how like big it was um it's not been as much of a story recently but it's like the the anti-vax movement is is still huge and it's still militant in in ways yes no that's really interesting i don't I remember I didn't read very much about it at the time. Like you said, I remember talking about it in Constitution Team, but it's interesting looking back again, like I was just saying, like, just the response and just how there's all these, like, protests as a response to the mandates of the vaccine. Again, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say. Like, you, you covered it really well. Yeah. Our next story, and 
probably the biggest story of the year, uh, in my opinion, at least, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, we this was our our very first episode. We talked about this. Um, happened in late February. Our episode didn't come out until April. Uh, so we'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah, um, the war in Ukraine. It was it was something that I was following very very closely. I was reading live map updates like every time like I would like get out of class I'd be like check live map see like where the russian troops are um I remember where I was when the actual like final invasion happened uh I was actually funnily enough I was walking out of a rehearsal for Fiddler on the Roof uh which if you don't know is set on the backdrop of russians moving into ukraine in the uh like 19th century so um kind of crazy yeah, it was uh it was big news. We we sort of knew it was going to happen. I think even like last summer there were like reports of Russian troops like gearing up to invade Ukraine. Um and it's it's big news for a lot of reasons, mainly because it's the first like major war in Europe since um really since the turn of the century. Like we had the the Balkan crisis. But this is like this is a, a a different thing. It's it's Russia actually invading another country in Europe. Um, Georgia is sort of sometimes counted as Europe, and they did invade in two thousand eight. But uh, it's it's it seemed to be different in Ukraine. It really grabbed, um, grabbed the the attention of the world, captivated it, um, and still it still is. Although not probably not to the same extent as it was back in February and March, but it was. It was a big story now. It still is a big story. A lot of the the headlines today are about like where how the Ukrainians are are doing and they seem to be doing pretty well so far. Um although we we don't know how the war is going to end yet. Um it it definitely did not go as expected. Uh, a lot of people expected Russia to sort of just take over the country within a week or so. And here we are um 10 months later and they haven't I remember you following this really closely back again during Constitution Team. And yeah, I think at the time when it first happened, I was just really surprised that it had actually happened because I had heard things about it. I remember kind of like, you know, you always hear rumors and whatnot. But I think when it actually happened, I was just really surprised because I, I, I feel like in our lifetime, all the wars that have happened have been when we were, I want to say, younger or like bigger wars, like like in the Middle East and such. Um, I think also like something I found interesting like now too is like like how I don't know how to like put it like in like like phrase it like I guess how much people have paid attention like I think people have stayed engaged engaged longer than I thought they would because I think a lot of times when things like this happen people like unfortunately kind of don't pay attention to them after the first few months but I feel like there's definitely been some people that have continued to advocate for those that are living there and suffering through this and I don't know I, I just really hope that they're able to like stop this and that countries are able to step in and like help these people because nobody deserves to live through war war is an awful awful thing like as somebody whose dad grew up during like a war like war is traumatizing and has like lifetime lasting effects like i just feel awful for people no matter how old they are and like having to deal with this and i don't know i just i just wish politicians i say this all the time and i just wish that those who want to fight 
will just go on an empty battlefield and fight each other because huh. everybody else does not deserve to suffer the consequences. And obviously, like, the president of Ukraine, like, doesn't want this either. So, I don't know. It's just, it's it's really heartbreaking, I think. And, I yeah, like, that's really all I can say. It's just, it's really sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad that it's it's remained in the public eye for so long. Um, I I really my 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 wish for 2023 is that Ukraine does not become another Syria. Syria was big news at the time when the civil war broke out, um, and it's still going on. It's still the fighting is as as vicious as ever, and it's just not talked about like ever. Like, yeah, it's uh, we should maybe we should do like a whole episode on Syria sometime. Yeah. It's uh, it's worth the deep dive. Um definitely but yeah it's i i really hope that that we can keep eyes on ukraine because like you said no one deserves to live through a war yeah. it's just um, it's it's just so awful and if we can yeah yeah i i think it's important to to keep eyes on this to um to let people know how brutal it is so we can hopefully create a a norm against war um my entered international relations class talked about this a lot but uh there's there's lots of ways you can prevent war. Um, and one of the, the big ways is through normative development, like creating a, a, a norm based on shared cooperation where you, where war is seen as, as something that's brutal and immoral like it is. Yes, I agree. Right. The next news is, is a bit happier. Uh, the, I think in February we had the nomination of justice jackson and she was confirmed later on in the year um but first black woman to ever serve in the u.s supreme court that's a a step forward i yes. think um yeah and having uh uh listened to her in action on some of the recent cases that the court's been hearing has been uh has been great to hear she's uh she's killing it uh like we knew she would back then uh, so that's that's my thoughts yeah, I think when I first heard this, I was really excited. Um, I think it's always really exciting when you have somebody on the Supreme Court that you can actually be proud of. No shade. <laughs> but she's just such a great person, I think. And I think also she's a good, like, I think in terms of her rulings, like, it seems like she's not super duper duper liberal or super duper duper conservative. Like, yes, she's definitely more left, obviously, but also I feel like she... You know, she just, she honestly does seem to, like, want to actually follow the Constitution. And, but also, like, with a modern touch, obviously. And I think that's really what we need more of, is people like that who can be reasonable and make rulings that are based on both the Constitution and our modern society and what we really need. And I'm still really happy that she's on the court, and I think that she's such a great addition. And just somebody that so many young people can look up to as inspiration for whether they want to be lawyers or a judge or whatever it may be, just showing that you know, you can do it no matter who you are. Um, and yeah, I just think she's great. Yeah. All right. Moving on to March, we had, uh, we had the Oscars and the, the big event that I think most people remember this for is, uh, Will Smith getting up on stage and, and slapping Chris Rock for making some joke about his wife. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Um, he was, I don't remember what it was either. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't remember much about it. I remember there there were a bunch of memes made of it. Yeah. Um and those were funny. Uh 
I honestly, I don't know much about the situation to comment on it seriously. Uh, I know that like people have had a, a lot of really strong opinions on, on whether it was right or whether it was wrong. Um, I just don't know enough to be on either side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, I remember at the time just like, I guess being kind of surprised by it, but also like, I don't know. I think that a lot of people, like it was one of those things where like, it was like popular for a week and then it kind of went away over time. But I know that Will Smith has not been invited back to one or two other like award shows um, even, like, when he, I, I believe he won an award the other day, and he was not invited to attend and, like, accept his award, like, in person. Wow. So it kind of just shows you, like, there definitely was a bit of a response from, um, some of the award show, like, foundations or whatever you want to call them, like, they weren't happy, and I don't know, I just, like, I was really surprised, to be honest, that he went up there and slapped Chris Rock. I, I was really surprised, but now, yeah. now it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that, I don't know. It's just not as big of a deal anymore, I guess. Yeah. Uh, back into some more serious topics. We had, in March, the passage in Florida of the Parental Rights and Education Act, or as is more commonly known, the Don't Say Gay Bill, um, which essentially made it illegal in Florida public schools to talk about um, like gender and sexuality when it's like not age-appropriate. And essentially allows any parent who like thinks something is wrong to essentially sue the school on the school's dime. Um, this was a, a, I was very, I took a very strong negative reaction against this when it happened. Uh, I still think it, it was a, a move backwards in, um, in America. I'll, I'll say, cause, uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida is, we're right now one of the front runners for the nomination for president uh, under the Republican Party for 2024. So, uh, sorry, that was very you know eloquent. But what I'm saying is the the law gets at an idea that um, there is like this epidemic of gay people and transgender people that are trying to groom your kids into whatever. Um, they're usually pretty vague about it, but it's it's. It's basically spreading this idea that uh, members of the LGBT community are uh, sort of inherently like bad, and that that represents a a step back. Even if the actual result of the bill ends up not being very much, which I don't think we've seen enough yet to determine what the actual impact of it will be, but the the cultural significance of it is, I think, just as bad, if not worse. Definitely. I agree. I remember us talking about this actually, I think, one, in one of the earlier episodes and just talking about how bills like this, they just create a lot of, um, I think, hate towards the LGBTQ plus community and just a lot of hostility. And they just, I don't know, they just divide us further. And I think that like parents shouldn't be able to get away with whatever they want. And I don't know, I just feel like school should be a safe place like this is like, I guess my reaction now too is school should be a safe like zone safe place for kids to be who they want to be and be able to be their true selves and if they feel like scared to do that that's not healthy and all it's going to do is create more problems for kids like you know like mental health problems or I don't know just like not really being able to connect with their peers and such and I just think that's really harmful and I really just hope that we don't see like you were saying story like more like like larger effects I guess of this coming and harming more people. 
Yeah. Um, moving on into April, we had a, a bit of a kind of a more lighthearted thing from Ukraine. Uh, the sinking of the Moskva, a Russian warship. It was essentially just fired on by like they like hit it with like one missile or something, and it sank. It was like it, it was like it went down really really easily, and no one expected it to. And it was just like undefended. Um, so it just kind of shows that like the Russian war machine was really not prepared for anything that they were doing in Ukraine. Um, which is probably why we've seen it drag on so long. Uh, cause Ukraine has, has proven not necessarily that they're like the best fighting force in the world, but that they're capable and that Russia is not as capable as we thought. Yeah, no, I remember when that happened. I remember, again, this is so funny. This is like con human, really. So sorry for our listeners if you're sick of me saying con human, like every single thing. But I remember you bringing this up story during con team. And I remember we were kind of all laughing about like how they, because this was a Russian ship, right? That they sunk. Yeah. And we were yeah. all kind of laughing about it. So it's not, that, it's not funny, but it was like just a little bit ironic. Like they kind of got their karma back a little bit. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the. I think, uh, I think this was, I think we talked about this in one of our very first, possibly the very first segment of what the heck were they thinking? That's right, we did, uh, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Because also in April, this podcast began. Um, April 11th was our, our very first episode. Um, What a time. That's so funny. All right. Uh, the next, uh, the next thing, and this was, <laughs> this is a big content thing. The uh, CDC transportation mask mandate was struck down by a federal judge in Florida. Um, and this, like, happened, like, a week before, like, the National Constitution Team competition. And it, like, totally changed, like, our entire case, like, <laughs> the week before. Um, we, we prepped so much about it. We got asked about it in the, the competition. Um, so it was, it was significant for us in that way. And then I think broader broadly in society it was a it was definitely a win for the anti-vaccine anti-mask crowd um and yeah it's i think rulings like that have kind of shown how we've sort of slowly drifted away from covid really being a big news story because it was probably one of the biggest it was probably the biggest story of 2020 um, and one of the bigger ones in 2021, and it's not as much in 2022. And I think a large part of that is because of things like that mandate being struck down. Uh, we've just sort of stopped wearing masks in public as much. And this was a, a step in that direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when it first was like on the news, I was really frustrated because, um, my dad is a healthcare worker and he knows like he dealt with a lot of the stuff with COVID and what this really did was spread it more and just created more problems for people that work in healthcare. But I think it's also really scary in a way because I, I remember talking about this with somebody like a federal judge in Florida can make a decision for the rest of the country. Like that's, that's just crazy to me. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I think that's just wild. And I think now I kind of feel the same way. It's just like, this lady who doesn't, you know, like every, every state is different. Every city is different, especially like with the different case numbers and such. And she made a decision for the entire country of, and I, I remember too hearing, like, it was like automatic. Like I think the airports and airplanes and 
different staff pilots flight attendants were so like frustrated with how passengers were dealing like acting and such like i remember uh in our written statement we talked and q a we i remember talking about like I, there was a statistic i had known that was like a crazy high amount of like incidents on airplanes in 2020 and 2021 and even early 2022 had to do with masks and vaccines and just different covid issues so i think it's yeah. it's just interesting to see like i think a lot of like I, I traveled last time i traveled on an airplane oh i think it was back in april but just the no it wasn't it was in july sorry i think it's just interesting seeing like I, I had seen videos all over social media of people getting mad on airplanes over the mask and such, and then it was a different experience flying in July to Mexico when people didn't have to wear masks because a lot of people didn't. I mean, in Mexico, it was actually still mandated at the time. I don't know about now, but it was mandated, at least in their airport, to wear masks still. So, of course, all the people flying in were annoyed, but, you know, it was interesting to see, I guess, the difference between, like, how people acted versus what I expected like before and after the mask mandates so yeah um yeah should we transition into may yeah okay so our first topic for may is monkeypox story do you want to talk about this or do you want me to yeah it was it was sort of when the world got really scared again yes where there was going to be another pandemic and it ended up not being another pandemic but it, it was still um it was still bad people were scared including myself for a while um yeah, like I remember at the time, I remember, I remember like really trying hard to like kind of stay away from the monkeypox news just because it was so depressing. Um, I'm sort of glad we we kind of got lucky on that front and it ended up not being as widespread as as COVID, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I remember there being a lot of like the conspiracy theory crowd were saying, oh, they're gonna make another fake pandemic because COVID was fake also. Um, and I guess it was a fake pandemic. It's just it was nature that made it, not the government. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's sort of my takeaway from the monkeypox story. It and it is still it's still out there. Like it's still something that we should probably be concerned about. Um, but I'm glad it didn't end up as another pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I think at the time, yeah, I was also a bit scared, but I remember not being as worried as. I was I think about COVID I don't know why I think I was just more like oh there was like less case numbers but I think something to this day that makes me upset is a lot of people use monkeypox as a way to be like super disrespectful and hateful towards the LGBTQ plus community like I, I heard a lot of that personally from people and I really did not like that and thought it was really disgusting that people were doing that and I just think again it like I was talking about earlier with racism like it just shows you like people unfortunately even in 2022 will take any opportunity they can to be hateful and racist and awful and i just hope that and the problem with that too is again like it starts conspiracy theories it starts like it creates like anger and like causes people to lash out like violently like i don't know i just hope we see less of that in 2023 is my like i guess takeaway from that yeah uh our next story from across the world in sri lanka where the president prime minister i think was basically like forced out of his uh mansion and a bunch of protesters came in and just started living in like the president's mansion uh which was uh i, I didn't really follow the story super closely i'm not sure exactly why that happened like what the the aims of the protesters were i think it had something to do with oil prices which is also a reason why the kazakhstan protests happened so that's another 
thing that's happened a lot is protests over oil prices. Um, and yeah, but it's just like the images of, of, of these uh, people living in, just like common people living in this big mansion uh, is, is really cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a, an interesting sight to see, although I'm not sure I, I can say much more about it beyond that. I honestly don't have anything to add. Um, I think our next topic, though, our next event was, like, at least for me, a really awful, maybe, like, one of my wor- like least favorite parts of the year. Um, that was the Roe v. Wade reversal case leak. Um, and if you don't know what happened, so basically a draft of the decision in a case that would overturn Roe versus Wade was leaked. Um, the Supreme Court was obviously super mad. Um, because they felt like this was like an you know an infringement on their privacy and like the idea that cases aren't public until they're made public, um, but also I think it was really disappointing for anybody who can have children who believes in freedom for being able to choose because they overturned what how many years of precedent Supreme Court precedent like almost 50. almost fifty about forty nine years I think yeah. And it, it's just, it really, really sickens me, especially because, I'm, I'm just going to say it now, this is how I feel, it makes me really, really angry. And you had justices, um, three of which were appointed by President Trump, uh, sit on the, sit in a hearing, confirmation hearing, and say, no, I wouldn't overturn Roe v. Wade, that's precedent. And then do exactly that. And then you had Justice Thomas talk about how maybe we should look into, um, in you know, interracial marriage and same-sex marriage and different things, which, by the way, shout out to the Biden administration and the in Congress for just passing a marriage. They codified it into law, right? Interracial and same-sex marriage. Yeah, respect for marriage. Respect for marriage. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just think it's so sickening that again, like I've said three times now, we're in such a like modern era, you could say, like or different time, and they're still making, they're still trying to set us back almost fifty years. It's just really sickening. Yep. Yep, uh, we had a, an episode, which is probably, I think, one of our best, uh, talking about this when when it happened, when the leak happened. Uh, so we run down a lot of the legal stuff. Uh, we did another one talking about the Supreme Court when the actual decision came out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was obvious. I was very disappointed at the time. Uh, I still am. Uh, and I think this is... Another probably the second biggest story of the year, I think, at least in America, behind um, Ukraine was was the Roe v. Wade leak. Yes, and I guess just the decision in general. We still don't know much about the leak. Like we don't know who leaked it. Um, and it's it's uh it's pretty crazy. Like we've actually like we had that that talk with the one um Supreme Court clerk. They're very secretive. It's uh it's I'm not sure <laughs> really sure how this got out. Um. But uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely um, definitely a step back. Um, and I think sort of broader in relation to the Supreme Court, I think it's it's caused the Supreme Court to lose legitimacy in the eyes of a lot of people, which is really important because the Supreme Court relies very heavily on its legitimacy. Um, what I mean by that is people don't think the Supreme Court is capable of making unbiased opinions anymore um and which it seems like 
those people are starting to, to have a point because the opinion in, in Dobbs, the case that overturned Roe v. Wade, was was kind of riddled with political bias, uh, in, in my opinion, at least. So the, yeah, it's definitely, it's it's hurt the Supreme Court um, a lot. I think uh, Justice Sotomayor said in the oral arguments, uh, she asked, can the court survive this stench that would come from overturning such a important president? Precedent, sorry. <laughs> um, I think twenty twenty three. We'll see if it can. Uh, it it might be able to survive twenty twenty three, but it's it's um, I think it's going to hurt the court in the long run. I agree. Uh, this opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think. Sorry, last thing I want to say is I think that this and like story side goes into our other episode for more like information and just more reactions to this. Um. But I think that this also really pushed a conversation of should we have term limits on the Supreme Court? Like how, like, you know, like would it be different? Like this is kind of more of a like smaller conversation, but would it be different if President Trump wasn't allowed to appoint Justice Amy Coney Barrett in an election year, which President Obama was not allowed to do, by the way? Um, so a double standard. Like would, would the decision have been different? Like would, I don't know. It's just, I just think that a lot of conversations around the Supreme Court were started because of this. And it'll be interesting to see, like you were saying, story, like how this affects them in the long run. And I don't know. I just, I'm still just in shock over this and really, really saddened by their decision, especially because I feel like they broke public trust, especially when they said to Congress that they would not do this. And then they went ahead and did it. Um, so let's see. The next one, I think we can group it together with another one. Two big mass shootings in May, uh, in Buffalo and in Uvalde. Um, and yeah, it's just two very, very sad stories that don't really happen anywhere else other than America of, you know, someone gets a, a gun and decides to go out and kill a bunch of people for whatever messed up reasons they have in their head. Um, and people say, oh, we're going to do something about it. And then they never do. Uh, and it happens again and again. And in May, we had two really big examples of that. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would just say, like, just if you don't know or want to refresh her. So what happened in Buffalo, New York was there was a white man. He was 19 years old. And he um, was motivated. He literally had a document that outlined all everything behind this whole shooting and he wanted to kill as many black people as possible. That is a sickening statement to make. And he was charged, like at least on the state level, with domestic terrorism as a hate crime, murder and attempted murder. And I just think it's so sickening that an individual could do this and that he was so hateful and racist that he got to this point. And then with Uvalde, um, this was a shooting at a elementary school. And there was a gunman um, and people were really upset by the police response because it was very poor. They were inside the school for a long amount of time, look, quote unquote, looking for a key when in reality the door was unlocked. They didn't act in time. There was just a lot of things that happened that people were really unsettled about. Like they just didn't feel like the police did the correct job. And it actually, I believe that it led to the police chief and you only getting either either resigning or being fired. And, yeah. uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I just think that you can't justify death, especially when there's, like, 
I talk about this people all the time. Like, you can't justify innocent deaths. I don't care who did what. Like, you, like, these people shopping in Buffalo don't deserve to die. These kids going to school in Uvalde, Texas don't deserve to die. And it's just really sad because you have the same people in Congress. I don't even have to say who they are. People listening to this probably know who I'm talking about. Who refuse to pass common sense gun laws. And that is just sickening because it's such an easy thing to do. If there's a problem with the way that guns are being sold, there should be a solution, which is very easy. I mean, people don't want there to be better background checks. Better background checks save lives. Actually taking the time to look into what people are doing saves lives. I mean, I think I really believe that both of these shootings are preventable. But the correct laws were not in place. I mean, the guy in Texas bought the guns, I want to say, two weeks before he did it. Like, two weeks after he turned 18. So, it's just really scary. And I just hope in 2023 we see more accountability. And you don't have to fully ban guns to have a safer country. You There's solutions that can be found that are middle ground solutions that save lives and still allow people to have their Second Amendment rights or whatever you would like to say. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, we have... We we had another episode where we covered both these shootings in more depth. Uh, most a lot of the events from from here on out we covered, uh, because our our podcast started to exist. Um, so we covered these shootings. We covered Roe v. Wade. I'm not sure we covered the next story. I think we we did at one point. Yes, it was very brief though. I believe we recording that episode. Um, yeah, the baby formula shortage. This was a a thing for a while. Like, you couldn't find baby formula anywhere. I think um, President Biden had to invoke like the Defense Production Act to like make more baby formula because there was so much of a shortage. Yes, and I think what's interesting about this in particular is kind of connecting it back to Roe v. Wade is the same people who you know believe that people don't get a choice and are so pro-life. I'm pretty sure a lot voted no against like producing more or something or funding more yeah so it's just a bit ironic if you ask me but i still feel that way i can't even talk about it too much i get angry (laughs) but yeah yeah um do you want to reduce abortions look at the reasons why people have yeah um and try and address those exactly and maybe i don't know during a plethora of things going on like a pandemic allow people to feed their children (laughs) by having what they need available so which what so it looks like we're heading into June at this point. Yeah. What should we start with? Uh let's start with um good old nature throwing a, a fastball at us. Well not us, Pakistan and Afghanistan specifically, with the um a massive earthquake that hit there. And also if we move on later into August, there was massive floods in in Pakistan um it just it, it goes to show like how bad the climate is getting uh and and how little we're doing about it and that the impacts of climate change are not evenly distributed they're going to hurt developing countries more like we saw in Afghanistan and and Pakistan with some of those big natural disasters that um nobody wants to live through and they're going to 
they're starting to happen more and more often because of climate change. It's the the idea of externalities, right? The the West, the U.S. specifically, is one of the they they pollute a lot. They cause climate change, which leads to intensified natural disasters, and the brunt of that falls squarely on the people that didn't even get the benefits of polluting. So, yeah, it's just it's it's a really sad story about a really sad part of our world that's that's sort of baked into the systems that we live in. And it doesn't have to be that way, but it is. Definitely. I don't have, yeah, nothing to add. You put it perfectly. Um, should we give a little spiel on Johnny Depp and what was going on with that? And yeah, you go ahead. I did not follow that okay. story very much. So, um, I'm sure many of you listeners recognize the name Johnny Depp. So, I won't go too far into detail. There's definitely lots of videos on YouTube and definitely lots of like news articles. You can read more about this. But essentially, Johnny Depp was married to actress Amber Heard, and she accused him of abusing her in their marriage and, yeah, domestic violence and a lot of different, like, just, like, issues between them. And basically, he lost a lot of jobs and such as a result of, of her coming forward. And so he sued her as a result. And I think she countersued him. And he ended up winning. Um, and so yesterday actually which is a bit of an update to this um i believe that a jury ruled that her insurance company has to pay him a million dollars in damages um but it's interesting because she actually won this case in london i believe it was so this was but this was a pretty big case because of how how high profile it is and it also i believe took place in virginia which is interesting so yeah definitely interesting because i think that I don't even know how to put this. I think it was interesting because I think that we typically have like a very much, or people try to at least make it so like people want to believe the victim where people were definitely very much not doing that in this case because of who the people were, which I thought was really interesting. And, um, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to talk about like, I guess like own opinions on it, but I think that it's just kind of interesting. Like, again, like based on who the people are in the case, like people will change their minds so fast and like, be so quick to be like, oh, this person's lying and such. And I don't know. It was it was very interesting. Like, I definitely, rec- if you're interested in the case, I definitely recommend, like, looking more into it. It's definitely very interesting. And there's a lot of, like, small, like, legal things I don't really want to have to, like, talk about in specifics. But, yeah, definitely a very interesting event that I feel like hasn't been talked about as much now besides the news yesterday. But still um, interesting and definitely was on TikTok and such a lot um, back in June. Yeah. Um, I really don't, I really don't follow it very closely. Um, my understanding though, is that it's actually really, really complicated. Yes. And there's a lot more than just like the one court case that happened. Um, and that a lot of people would, had really, really strong opinions without knowing very much yes, about the case. This is true. Um, so I also don't have very much information, but I don't pretend to have any strong opinions. Yes. So. Um, yeah, just, uh, think about that. Think, um, try and try and look at how much you don't know and be be a bit more humble with your opinions on things just a general advice to everyone in the audience um our next thing we had oh we had a an supreme court news we had a an assassination attempt on justice brett kavanaugh um which was pretty big news it ended up it ended up being like caught fairly quickly which i mean good um even though i don't like kavanaugh very much i i I don't think assassination is is the way to go. Um, I think the way to go is, is some kind of Supreme Court reform. 
there's lots that have been proposed. I know you're a big fan of term limits. Uh, I just think we need to do something, but I don't think we need to assassinate people. Yeah. I think that's just it. It, it, I, I don't even think it really fixes the problem because you're just making it more of a political thing. Like, oh, we get to assassinate people. And I, I think the problem with the Supreme Court right now is that it's so politicized. Yes. And assassinations, not only is it like, I think it's just immoral to kill a person, um, usually, but uh, it's just, I just don't think it fixes the problem. So, yeah. I agree. And I think it's interesting that this person even thought that this was a possibility considering that obviously like like government like many government officials do have like some sort of protection just because of you know what's going on and the threat of violence from people uh i know that there were people at one point like protesting outside of i, I believe him and a few other justices houses after like the roe v wade leak and so i don't know but i agree like i don't I, like i think there just needs to be reform of some kind like i don't think it needs to go to the level of like assassinating somebody like that just seems like it's a bit far but that's i like that's just my opinion too yeah uh more supreme court news happened uh in june also uh that being their whole term uh they released a bunch of decisions including the finalized version of the dobbs opinion which overturned roe v wade uh we did a really really good episode that covered a lot of these cases yes I definitely recommend you go back and watch. I think it's it's probably one of our best. Um, and yeah, it's just so many of the Supreme Court decisions were just really, really bad. Um, and I think a lot of them are gonna probably not as much as as the Dobbs opinion, but I think a lot of these opinions really fuel the crowd of people that that dislikes the Supreme Court. I think they're they're not only are they getting more fuel, but they're 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 right. A lot of these opinions are really bad. They are loaded with political bias um the dobbs opinion is a good example i think the other two that i would cite are the epa case where the supreme court basically said that uh any like um executive agency that is doing something that lack that like raises an eyebrow i think is the literal term that they use they they can look at that and take away the power from the agency if it's not specifically delegated by congress um and then another one which was a case that effectively overturned Bivens v. Six Unknown Agents, um, which is essentially the case that allows you to sue federal agents for uh, violating your rights. And they basically said, well, in a, in a case, they didn't overturn Bivens, but they essentially said in this case where there was very little difference between it and Bivens that he didn't have a right to sue. So, yeah. Um, go listen to the episode if you want more details. But yeah, it's just, I think a lot of very bad decisions from the Supreme Court. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. Just go. I would say listen to that episode we recorded. I think it's really, really good and really informative and really sums up what was going on in simpler words than reading the whole, you know, couple page opinion. Um, our last topic for June is the gun reform bill. So kind of relating to the events that we talked about for May and this legislation I know was really, really like it went into like a lot of negotiations, but it ended up passing um, and being signed into law by President Biden. Um, and basically what the, some of the things that this included were uh, incentives for states to pass red flag laws, which are laws that allow people to um, petition courts to remove weapons from people who are deemed a threat to themselves or others. So basically they can report people and say like, oh, this person might be a threat to themselves. Like they tell me they're going to harm themselves or harm others so they can take their weapon away. Um, it also expands an existing law that helps 
protect spouses and former spouses of people who were convicted of domestic abuse from owning a weapon. And before this um, allowed for the dating loophole to exist, which means that people who were dating a partner who was a dom- and suffered from domestic abuse um, were not included in this and could not stop their partner or former partner from owning a gun or buying a new gun. And this bill helped include um, dating partners as well. And it also expands background checks um, specifically on people from between the ages of 18 and 21 because as we've seen with a lot of the mass shootings that have happened in the last few years, a lot of the um, people committing the awful violence are between those ages. And so it was really important to make sure that we're really focusing in on those that age because obviously that's a really big problem. And shockingly, the NRA said they opposed the bill because it, you know, abuses, like, the ability to, you know, have a lawful gun purchase and infringes the rights of law-abiding Americans, when in reality, this saves lives and helps actually law-abiding Americans own guns because those are the people that aren't being watched out for as much because they follow the law. So I think this is a really good thing. And it's not, I know that, like, even President Biden had said, like, it doesn't have everything that they had wanted, but still a step in the right direction, hopefully in the future they'll be able to push for more. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, it was a, a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, obviously not enough, but uh, uh, great that it that it happened. Gives me hope for the future. Yes. Moving into July, we had another assassination. Um, this one's successful against uh, former Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe. Um, this was a this is a very weird moment. Um yeah. Uh Abe was uh from my understanding very far right, did a lot of things that, that ended up not being super beneficial for Japan. But again, like um I don't think assassination is, is a good tool that we should be using. So yeah. Uh I I don't know very much about Japanese politics, so I can't comment in any more specificity but yeah yeah i'm with you on that i think it was just kind of a shock for a lot of people because it was just such a violent like news story i guess and it was kind of a shock to i think to a lot of people just in general because like you like you were saying like i think a lot of people just don't really know a lot about japanese politics so it was interesting to just see that this like see this unfold i guess all right our next story uh the james webb space telescope this was something to me that was really cool. Um, I've always thought like space is really cool and getting to see like all these new pictures was it was really interesting. It was something that like basically everyone could like rally around for like a while. It was just something that was unambiguously positive. Um, I think we need more things like that, <laughs> like the James Webb Space Telescope. Yes, I agree. It uh, looks like our next topic is Derek Chauvin, which if you don't know, Derek Chauvin is the murderer of George Floyd. Um, and George Floyd I, passed away in 2020, I believe. And this, uh, the case with Chauvin has been happening for a long time. His sentencing, I believe, finally took place in uh, July. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um... This is one of those things that I, I kind of hoped would be like the James Webb Space Telescope. Just something that we can rally around and be like, yeah, this guy who abused his power and, and killed another human being was uh, found guilty. And yeah, a lot of people just 
lot of people haven't really like recognized that it's a good thing that that happened. But I mean, obviously it is. Um, that that he got uh, uh sentenced. That is. Um. Yeah, it's just it's it's good to see good to see justice done, as a in a lot of these cases of police brutality, it so rarely is. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of uh, a big movement in the direction of holding people accountable, which I think is, is a good thing. Yes, and I think like it also is really like positive because I know like a lot of people like were like so angry over the like BLM protests when what BLM was fighting for was things like this, like people like accepting actual accountability and. Ha- like actually lawfully being held accountable for their actions and for their racist like violence that they engaged in like i think anybody who saw the video or saw what happened with george floyd knew that like this was a racially motivated incident and the fact that he is not with us anymore because of this is it's again it's so heartbreaking and i'm happy that his family hopefully was served some justice and that his legacy hopefully will live on and I don't know. I think it's interesting because a lot of people love to talk about, oh, well, George Floyd wasn't a good person. And it's like, forget like his like person or whatever. Like you don't deserve to die that way. And like, I think it's interesting that people bring that up also as like a way, like a tactic to be like, oh, well, it excuses it or whatever. Like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I don't really know much about George Floyd, to be honest, besides what happened. But nobody deserves to die that way. And I'm happy that he's been hopefully like served some justice. Absolutely. Um, our next story, uh, the Chips Act, which was a a uh bill spent that uh created a bunch of new spending in America for chips, uh, not the kind that you eat, the kind that go in your computers. Uh, that we get almost all of them from Taiwan. They have a, a they're really successful at making chips, um, computer chips, and uh, the U.S. is basically saying, well. Let's make some here in case Taiwan gets invaded. And that's going to be one of the, I think, big things that we're going to watch in 2023 is what happens with China and Taiwan. It's uh, after the Russia-Ukraine thing, it's it's one of the bigger <laughs> geopolitical tensions right now. Uh, we've talked about it a few times on the show. There's definitely a lot of parallels you can draw between China and Taiwan and Russia and Ukraine. Um, yeah, the CHIPS Act was... Uh, definitely a sign that the U.S. is is wary that something bad could happen, and is trying to prepare for the worst. Basically, definitely. Um, it looks like we're heading into August, so our first topic is when um now or going to be former vice or speaker of the house, um Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan, which, if you did not know this, um she was threatened to not visit. And she went anyways, which I then and now think, no matter what you think of Pelosi, is pretty badass. So shout out to Nancy. Yeah, I remember there were also a lot of memes about this. Um, about there was like a, a a meme going around that it was like going to be a secret that she was planning a secret nine eleven style attack on the Three Gorges Dam. Uh, that ended up not happening, but the uh, it was it was uh, I think it was a good thing. Um, it it showed a a great like normalization of relations between a very like high official in in Congress and um with Taiwan, uh Congress specifically has a lot of power when it comes to Taiwan because of the Taiwan Relations Act, which is essentially what is has 
been the foundation of U.S. Taiwan relations since the seventies. Uh, so yeah, I think it's it's great that that Pelosi went and strengthened that relationship. Uh, a lot of people have said that it was really risky because China essentially afterwards started doing a bunch of military drills in the area. Um, but I, I really think that 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 didn't really fundamentally change anything with regards to China's posture. It just strengthened the relationship between the U.S. and Taiwan. So, in in my opinion, it's a good thing. Definitely. Uh, our next story uh, comes from the attack on um, Salman Rushdie, who I believe he survived the attack, uh, but he was he's essentially a um, big, uh, uh, he's a writer, and he writes a lot, um, uh, he wrote a lot about Iran, um, which is going to be uh, uh, a big... Uh, thing that when we talk about uh when we get to september so yeah um it was definitely a um i mean like we've talked about previously i don't think it's good to attack your political opponents um but i don't even think rushi seems like he he, he was actually uh, uh an activist he was he was great um i haven't read any of his stuff but from what i've read about him it, it seems like I, w- I would really like some of his stuff if i did read it so yeah just a sad story but um I'm glad he survived. Yeah, I remember hearing about this and just being in shock that somebody would like literally just walk on stage and just go at it. But yeah, I mean, it seems like he, you know, is speaking in the name of peace and wants there to be, you know, more accountability and justice in the Middle East. And it's never a bad thing. Yeah. Um. Moving back over to America, we had the Inflation Reduction Act get passed, uh, which I think is, is probably one of the most significant achievements of the Biden administration so far. Um, it was a, a, a huge act. We did an episode talking about it, going into detail on a lot of the things that it funded. I think it was, was overall a great thing. Um, its impact on inflation, eh, um, that was kind of... <laughs> The name was kind of a selling point to get Joe Manchin on board. Uh, I think it probably will reduce inflation in the long run. That'll be a not just the 2023 question, but probably a, a 2033 question. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think it's a great thing, great accomplishment by the Biden administration. Yes, I agree. I remember like reading the actual bill and being like, "What?" Like, because it's mostly about like combating climate change, but I think that. It's kind of, I don't know. I think it's a good thing, though. There's definitely a lot of really positive provisions and, I don't know, just things that I think will really improve our country and just our efforts towards being more sustainable and just trying to create a better world for our future generations. So, always a good thing. Our next topic is Mar-a-Lago, which I don't know exactly what we're talking about with this. <laughs> I think I know. So, sorry, I'm going to let you tell me and then, yeah. Who's- yeah, so we're going off this document that I made last night, and I basically just wrote, like, sometimes a single word or, like, a, a single phrase. Um, <laughs> so I just sort of wrote Mar-a-Lago. What I was referring to was um, the uh, the uh, FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago to seize a bunch of documents that President Trump had kept there um, unlawfully. Uh, they just sort of, like, it, we, we don't really know why. It seems like he just sort of, like, wanted those highly classified documents. Um, and he was like, 
reckless with how he stored them. Uh, he was warned multiple times that he was storing them improperly. Um, and I'm just, I'm glad the FBI actually did the, uh, the, I'll say the giga Chad move and, and went in and, um, <laughs> uh, and actually took those documents and they're actually investigating possible charges against Trump. Um, and we've talked about this. We talked about this several times when it happened. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be, I think one of the big things to watch in 2023 is what happens with, uh, Trump in his legal trouble in connection with, uh, with this and with, um, some other things we'll talk about later. Yes. Yeah, no, I think it's really funny because if you have not been able to tell from listening to this podcast, if you have been a loyal listener, I really dislike um, former President Trump and anything that they can do to get him in trouble and hold him accountable for all of the stupidity that he has done and creates on a daily basis um, is appreciated. So, yeah, Uh, our last topic for August is student loan relief, which was really exciting um so basically it sound from what my understanding is of this i kind of remember hearing about this i still don't really fully understand it is i think president biden said that the federal government would forgive up to like what was it like twenty thousand or something worth of student debt uh ten thousand for everyone twenty thousand for pell grant recipients okay that makes sense that makes sense um which obviously is a good thing because I think that probably helps with a bit of our debt as well, right? In, in some ways. Uh, with with individuals' yeah. debt, yes. With um the government's debt, it it, it definitely makes it worse, <laughs> but um not by that much. Yeah. Um, we did a we did a, a whole episode about this where I go into some of the math. Um, it's it's I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of conservative challenges to it, but I don't think most of them hold up. Um, I think part of this bill has been like stayed by a court, but I think, well, not bill, the executive order. Uh, but I think as, as it goes through the courts, I think it's going to, to end up being valid. Uh, cause all the legal challenges that I've read about it seem like, like they're not worth much. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great thing, uh, policy wise and constitutionally. So yeah, uh, all around all around good move by the Biden administration to do that. Yeah, I remember hearing about it, like I said, being a little bit confused, but I actually got to hear Senator Elizabeth Warren speak about it um, at like a little event that she held in Seattle. And it was really interesting. And I think that the way she explained it, like made it make more sense. And she talked about how good, how it really is a good thing. And I don't know, I, I think it also might help the economy in some ways, because if people don't have as much debt to pay off, they might spend more money. So has yep. some other benefits yeah. too. <laughs> All right, so going into September, I think this is also, in my opinion, is one of the biggest events of the year, is Queen Elizabeth II passed away. Um, and personally, I my grandma I'm named after actually was super into the royal family, which I think is really interesting. And um, I'd never been super into them, but I know that her death, I think, was, uh, like, it. people saw it coming, but also it was a bit, like, quick, because I know that they had said, like, she was going into further treatment or care because she had been sick, and then it was like, oh, she passed away. Um, and I know that this was a really big event as well because a lot of people had really mixed responses to it. I know some people were really happy about her death because if you don't already know, the British have 
British government and monarchy has caused a lot of um interesting things in the world. And, you know, it's a whole other <laughs> thing to get into. But I know a lot of people were really happy about her dying because of that. And they were talking about how her legacy is not necessarily a positive one, which I think is really interesting because it brings up the conversation of colonization and, you know, are really going to celebrate people who are responsible for the deaths of and destruction of thousands of people and countries and, or not thousands of countries, but you know, thousands of people. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I just think it's really interesting, but I also, I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like I just, I always like to veer on the side of respect, but I also feel like as somebody who's Middle Eastern, I feel like I can also see why people are happy about the fact that that's like a legacy that's coming to an end but her son now charles is going is the king or will be i think his coronation is early this next year but um yeah it's it's i don't know it's interesting what was your reaction to that story uh i won't i won't say any of my opinion but i will say that all of my british friends were very happy when they heard this news so it's coming from british people not me um <laughs> uh but like seriously though um I, I I agree. the The institution of of the crown of England is is not one that I support, not one that my British friends support. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it really matters who's in charge of it. Uh, it's going to continue being a bad institution, regardless of who's in power. So I think I'm not like celebrating the Queen's death. Um, but I do want to abolish the monarchy. <laughs> um, I just I don't know. I, I I do think we should probably be respectful of of people that die no matter uh how much harm they've done um but i i, I i'm not a big fan of the monarchy yeah. at all yeah it's like i feel like you can still really criticize the person and really hate them if you want to but it's like more like i don't know i feel like karma comes around that's at least my personal belief and i just never celebrate people's death because i don't want to manifest any negative vibes i guess towards my own people i love or you know people who i respect Another really big event that I think personally is going to be really big in 2023 as well is the protests and unrest in Iran that's happening. If you don't already know, there was a woman named uh, Masa Ahmadi. Uh, or wait, you might have to cut this part out. I want to make sure I get her name right. I think it's Amini. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so there was a woman named Masa Amini, and she was beaten by um, the morality police in Iran so badly that she ended up passing away from her injuries. And this sparked um, protests and outrage because um, the reason that they beat her was because she was not in the quote-unquote dress code, meaning that she wasn't wearing her head like headscarf correctly. And um, I know that we had talked about this on the podcast, so definitely another good episode to check out. But I think it's just so, like disgusting that this is happening not not the people who are protesting but the fact that there's a government who claims to be religious that doesn't even follow the religion correctly and uses it to stay in power and make rules that are not actually islamic um because i'm just i, I thought that's on the other episode but islamically in the quran it's not say that you can force people to do anything religious they have to do it with their own free will and do it for themselves and so i think that it's really interesting that you have people who misinterpret this or interpret it differently on purpose to gain more political power and to just create a really, really bad society that oppresses women. So, yeah. Sorry, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, you want to talk about the negative effects of British colonialism. Uh, Iran is, is, is one of the big places you look. 
because uh, the government uh, that is doing this oppression that the people are, are protesting against was put into power after a revolution against a um, government that was put into power by the British in consultation with the U.S. Um, well, well, the U.S. did it at the behest of the British, basically. The British were like, we want the oil. So the U.S. was like, okay, we'll do the coup. Um, and then in 1979, the Iranian people sort of rose up against that government and established the authoritarian one that we see today. Um, Iran, until 1955, was a democracy, at least to some extent. And uh, the the UK and the US sort of ruined that, and we're seeing those consequences today. Um, and I'm I'm, it's been um, uh, it's been great to see, to see people rise up against that. Um, it's yeah, the whole story of of Iran is is very interesting. Uh, go listen to our episode about it. And also, there's a an episode by Throughline from NPR. It's really, really good and covers the history of women's rights in Iran. Um, I think it's called the Woman Question. So, I definitely suggest listening to that. Um, it's a bit of a funny title, but it's actually a serious episode. Um, yeah. Uh, the next event. Um, actually, let's skip that one. We've kind of already talked about that theme. Um. The so-called Dark Brandon speech, <laughs> uh, which was President Biden's address to the nation, um, it was uh, has been sort of like memed because it was on a a very black background that the TV only showed like the red part of it. There was also blue; it was like red, white, and blue, but the TV only showed the the red part of it. It was basically in the speech he he sort of criticized the uh, MAGA Republicans, as he called them the far right wing of the Republican Party for um being the election denying conspiracy theorists that they are. And a lot of them got really mad about this. Um and I think they can cope and seethe. Yes. I agree. I I know when we were talking about this to put it in, I was like, yeah, this is like more of like a lighthearted, a little more lighthearted thing, so kind of funny. <laughs> I know there's lots of memes that I saw about this. Yeah. Um, our next topic, I personally think, is really interesting um, because it has to do with um, Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida. Um, so the Martha's Vineyard events of 2020 were when... So if you don't already know this, many mem- like a majority of members from the GOP are super opposed to immigration especially like what they call illegal immigration from the south southern border and so Ron DeSantis sent people like ordered for migrants to be sent on flights to Martha's Vineyard and he actually signed a budget in back in June that set aside 12 million dollars to create a program to transport unauthorized migrants out of Florida and um the flights that did happen uh, had 48 migrants and um, definitely drew a lot of attention to what he called like the border crisis and how like all these people are coming in illegally and all this. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a very strange event. What about you? <laughs> yeah. Um, we really did not talk about it enough. I'm not sure we even discussed it on this podcast. I don't believe we did. We should have. Um, I think yeah, I think it was just our, the timing didn't work out, but we should have. It was a it was a big event. 
like this is literally like people's human rights sort of being violated. Um, not sort of, like actually like straight up being violated. Like imagine you go to a place and you get told you're being sent to like this other place where you can like uh you know, find a home. And you get sent to like some place that is not prepared to receive a bunch of people. Um and it's probably illegal for you to even be like sent out of the state in the first place. Like you have a right to claim asylum. Um it's just it's an absolute travesty of what happened. Um and this is probably one of the big stories that I'm looking for into the future is Ron DeSantis. Uh and and how how he's going to uh sort of come into the public eye more. Um, cause if he's got things like this under his belt, like I, I don't know what he's capable of doing if he gets the presidency. Um, and it's, it's really scary that the Republicans are going to have to choose between him and Trump. Um, I'm not sure which one is going to be worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's scary, I think. And I think that, Sorry, I'm trying to click my thoughts. I have something to say about this. Like, I just think that it's scary. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I think it's interesting and scary because what's sad about this as well is a lot of the reason we have so many migrants come here from South America specifically and, like, Central South America is because of our own government's actions and involvement. And, like, I watched a documentary on this. I definitely recommend it. It's called Harvest of Empire. It's based on a book. And it talks a lot about the different events in um, Central and South America that the United States government has been involved in that have led to, like, humanitarian crises and just different political unrest that has caused people to want to get out of there and move here to get away from it all. So it's interesting that the same people who a lot of times will be in support of the U.S. government being involved or, like, vote yes or whatever it may be are the same people who then are like, why aren't these people coming to our country and complain and... It's just, I, I really think it comes down to being racist, personally, and just having no actual sense of, oh, maybe my decisions do have an impact. But, yeah, that's all I want to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's totally true. Uh, moving into October, we saw the uh, OPEC Plus, which is like um, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, which is, is mostly Middle Eastern countries, and it's uh, sort of a group run by Saudi Arabia. And OPEC Plus includes Russia and a few other places. And they basically decided that they were going to stop producing as much oil, which will lead to an increase in the price of oil, sort of as a, a weapon against the U.S. Uh, the politics of this are really interesting. We actually did a, a, a short a long time ago about the U.S. relations with Saudi Arabia. Um, I think it's really good. It's like 15 minutes and it's, it's packed full of content. It, it did not get enough views. No, it, it um, did not go it's, listen it's to one it. of our, one of our lowest played episodes actually. And it's, I think one of our best in terms of quality. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the production cut is it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a sign that Saudi Arabia does not like the U S um, so why the U.S. continues to like Saudi Arabia, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I am very openly opposed to Saudi Arabia, so. And I'm, again, I'm going to say it again, I'm Middle Eastern. And I feel like I will read news from, like, both sides, like, Western side and, like, Middle Eastern side. And Saudi Arabia sucks. Not the people, the government. So, just need to put that out there. <laughs> um, 
Another major event we need to cover uh, from October is Elon Musk buying Twitter. And that at the time, I think to me, was really confusing. I was like, why is he buying Twitter? And now I think it's a little bit funny because he instated this program where you could pay to be verified every month, like a subscription service, like like almost like premium Twitter. And then he had to like reverse it and redo it because people were like, I think stealing people's identities or something weird or like creating fake accounts. Like it was just a whole mess. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting. And I think he said some other things recently, like this weekend, last week that were like a little like, ooh, about Twitter and the direction uh, he wants to take it. The, 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 the saga has sort of come to a head recently. Um, I don't know if you saw earlier, uh, when I looked away at my phone and like raised my eyebrows, uh, there was there was an update that happened in the middle of recording. Uh, he stepped out as Twitter CEO. He still retains like ownership of the company, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he's stepping down as CEO. Oh my god! After he posted a poll on Twitter saying, "Should I step down as CEO?" <laughs> and overwhelmingly, people said yes. Um, and then he actually did it. He's stepping down as CEO. Um, <laughs> this after he um basically just banned a bunch of journalists for reporting on a story. It was like, he like posted this video and there's this guy that does like flight tracking location. And basically they were able to prove that like the video was like a lie or something. And he, he essentially said that that was like doxing because they were like tweeting out his real time location, which I'm not sure was even true. Um, and anyway, it's like, it's like reporting. It's the freedom of the press. Journalists are usually allowed to do that. And he basically just, because he didn't like that, decided to ban all of these journalists. Um, and eventually he unbanned them after immense public pressure, including from the UN. Um, like, the UN condemned him banning those journalists. Um, and he, he unbanned them and, and stepped down as CEO, which it's it's been a fun few months just seeing all the antics. Uh, but it's, it's, it's probably for the best that someone else is going to be in charge. Yes. I think it's funny that in the news articles it says, like, He's going to step down once he finds a replacement or whatever. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> Anything else about that you want to add? or? No, no, that's fine. Okay, so our next topic is the CCP Leadership Conference. Or, yeah, right? Leadership Conference? Uh, con- party Conference? Party Conference, sorry, yes. The the Chinese Communist Party, basically like a, a big meeting they have, like every, I think it's every two years, um, and it was like sort of notable because uh, there was one person who was essentially escorted out. Um, I can't remember exactly why. Um, let me look that up real quick. Out of CCP conference, um, it was the the former president. Um, I'm not sure we actually know why. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting interesting story. I think it goes to show how authoritarian the CCP is. Um, I think most most people that I've I've read things from from China are are very against the CCP. Uh it's one party rule, authoritarian. Um the the current president, Xi Jinping, is, is trying to essentially become president for life. Uh so a lot of people have like sort of speculated that like him, you know, escorting out Hu Jintao, the former president, is sort of a, a move in that direction. Um, yeah, it was sort of a, a, a little interesting story, uh, from across the world. Um, yeah, I honestly don't have anything to add. That's really interesting. Thank you for explaining that. And 
I feel like I learned something from that. I honestly hadn't heard about that. Um, our next topic, if you don't have anything to add, is the deaths that happened in South Korea during Halloween. So if you did not hear, um, in South Korea during, it sounds like some Halloween uh, celebrations and festivities, there was a stampede of people that unfortunately ended up causing, like, I think over 200 deaths, right? And like few hundred uh, injuries I'm not as sure well. quite that high. I think it was I remember reading 158. Oh, so it was uh, but it might have been it might have ended up being more. But it was it was a lot of people. Um crowd crash. Um, I don't know a ton about the specifics, but it's it's obviously a, a great tragedy. Um Yeah. Yeah, it looks like like you said like it looks like about uh, up like they think this is from about this is from 3 days ago. Um, yeah, about 158, sorry, so I was a 158 people passed away, at least, I think, and then there was a, probably a couple, maybe 100 or 200 people injured, I want to say, is what I heard last. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't really see events like this in America, like mass stampedes, um, where a lot of people die uh it's sort of been a thing of the past just it's it's this um you know sort of sad reminder that uh sometimes uh horrible things just happen at seemingly uh at at, at inappropriate times it's like it's a holiday celebration uh people are are out there having fun and and tragedy strikes it's just a sad story yeah it's it's just so sad like i think when i first heard i was i was really surprised i know they were saying i think this is like one of the worst events that's happened there like south korea doesn't seem to have too many like big incidents like this it's from what i read so it was i think a big shock to a lot of the world when this happened and it's really sad and sending condolences to all the families especially during this holiday season and hoping that their legacies can live on and that we can make sure that this doesn't happen again yeah all right, let's go ahead and skip this next one just because of time. Um, I think this next one, because we also kind of covered that topic, and probably this one also just for time. That moves us to the uh, COP27, the big um, climate change summit that happened this year. Uh, I think it's the, like, well, the 27th annual, obviously, COP27. Um, and we saw some really interesting moves towards um, towards climate change. And I think the the big one was a creation of a like adaptation fund for developing countries, which I think is it seems like a good thing. I think it is. Uh, but it also signifies that we're not really trying to solve the problem. We're just sort of trying to adapt to it. Um, which adaptation to some extent is going to be necessary. But uh as my one of my professors always likes to say, we can fix it. Uh climate change is is not it's not even super expensive to fix. Like we could fix it, um, just by like cutting our military budget a little bit, we could, we could do a, a significant amount to, to fix climate change. Um, and it's just, I'm glad that, that we're talking about the disparate impacts that it has by creating this fund for developing countries. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think, I think the discourse on climate change needs to be pointed towards a more solution oriented, oriented, um, direction rather than a, um, adaptation direction 
But uh, overall, I do think it's it's good that that states are talking about this and that they're actually trying to do something, even though it's not the best thing. Yes. Definitely, like, a step in the right direction, like you were saying. Um, sh- do we also want to talk about the World Cup a little bit? Uh, or- eh, sure, let's talk about it for a second. Okay. I don't... I- I don't really care about soccer, but uh, I kind of followed it for a bit. Um, the USA made the top 16. Um, and the big news that I, I kind of followed it for was that Morocco made top four. And they were the first uh, ever African country to make the top four of a World Cup, which I think is significant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think of their... And the other... oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh. No, go ahead. I was just going to say the other big story was that it was hosting Qatar which was um, kind of a bad thing because essentially it was, it was in large part due to corruption. They basically bought their seat from the, the FIFA, the big soccer corporation. Um, and they, the stadiums were essentially built using essentially slave labor. Uh, people were the, you can like read more about the conditions of Qatar. They're, they're not good. They heavily mistreat migrant workers they say, oh, come here, we'll give you work. And then the moment they land, they take away their passports and essentially force them to work like ridiculous hours for little to no pay. Um, and that's how that's how the World Cup stadiums came to be built, was through that system. Um, I'm sure you have a lot to add here, so I'm just going to let you go. Oh, I mean, I just thought it was really interesting, like a lot of the controversy that was happening, because um like especially like with for me personally like surrounding like alcohol in the stadiums because um france actually does not allow alcohol in stadiums or limits it in stadiums but i feel like in Qatar like there's a lot more like like obviously yeah like it can be a little much but also like they i don't know like i think it's hard because like yes there is some corruption that did happen but i think it's interesting sometimes the response that you see between like white and non-white countries because like yes they can be a little extreme with the, with the alcohol but also like there's other countries like again france that also don't allow alcohol in stadiums and i think the response was just interesting like the difference and i don't know like you kind of honestly covered what i was going to talk about too but i just think it was an interesting interesting thing to follow i would say like it was a lot of the different controversies and just how fifa really stood behind a lot of the things that they were like with alcohol like they really stood behind that which i thought was really interesting and that like even like the head of fifa said like people will survive without their alcohol like he didn't he was not like apologizing and he did say like the west is hypocritical which like we don't have time to get into that right now but (laughs) there is some truth to that the west is always yeah (laughs) but yeah that's pretty much it i don't know i thought that was interesting as well yeah um we also had the midterm elections um which we talked about in our most recent episode. Um, yeah, big, big thing. Yes. Uh, people expected Republicans to do well. Democrats ended up doing better than expected. Republicans still won the House. Um, that's what happened. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see in 2023 what the Republicans do with them. Yeah. I'm also, I'm like, I'm just, I think something I'm nervous about and like a reaction I have is like, I mean, we talked about this obviously like last episode, I think, but just like, I really hope we get, we're still able to get things done with a Republican House and Democratic Senate. Or Democrat Senate. So, yeah. No, it should be interesting. 
All right. Are we going into December, our final month? Yeah. All right. Thanks for sticking around to those of you who are listening. <laughs> This is our, this is our, I think our longest episode yet. Really? Oh my god. Um, probably, yeah. Um, our first story, December, a nuclear fusion breakthrough. Um, breakthrough, kind of. Um, basically, uh, nuclear fusion is the, the process of, it's like the, the promise of this amazing, um, renewable energy source that, uh, is able to generate a ton of energy without the waste products of, of, regular nuclear fission which like the the scientific process is like it's basically like fission is like breaking apart an atom splitting the atom uh traditional nuclear power fusion is like um like creating something new it's like what the sun uses to create such big energy which we can literally feel from a billion uh miles away or something like that um so yeah basically scientists have forever been trying to crack this idea of fusion but it's really hard um it's like almost scientifically like a lot of people said it's basically impossible uh and scientists were actually able to for the first time ever generate more energy from uh, a fusion reaction than they put into it uh except um that's not really true at all um uh the, the what they're looking at is basically they they shot these hydrogen atoms with lasers and the the result was more energy than the lasers had but it took way more energy to power the lasers than they got out of the reaction. So it's a good sign for the future, um, but it's it's definitely not the the kind of breakthrough that it seems a, a lot of the headlines uh, were promising that it was. Um, yeah, that's my very rudimentary scientific understanding of it. Um, something to, to look forward into the future, but uh, not not a huge story right now. Uh-huh. I honestly don't have anything to add. I I had heard about that, but not too much. So thank you for adding to my understanding. Um, are we gonna talk about the next thing or skip to the last thing? Uh, yeah, let's talk about okay. it. Just. I hadn't heard about this, or I think I had. Yeah, I don't think I heard about this. Yeah, our our story is about uh Sam Bankman Freed. Um, we're like Sam Bankman fraud. Am I right? <laughs> um. He was basically arrested in the Bahamas for uh, fraud. Basically, my my understanding, and I'm not a, a big finance guy, but my understanding is that he essentially had this website where customers could deposit money and buy cryptocurrency, and then he essentially invested all that money against the customer's will um, into like some other company, and it essentially like um, that other company failed. Then a bunch of customers tried to withdraw their funds only to realize that their funds had secretly been spent without them knowing. Um, and it's all super illegal and he got arrested for it. He's going to stand trial, I think. So uh, I'm not, I, I don't know a ton about it. Um, go, please do your own research. Uh, uh, fact check me. But um, yeah, that's basically what happened. I remember, oh, that's what we were talking about before we started. Yeah, I mean, I know crypto is such a big like thing in the last few years that this was kind of like a like a crazy story to hear because i didn't realize that there was this many people trying to like i don't know it's just interesting because i did some research into this guy while you were talking and he went to mit so you i don't know i expect more from somebody who went to mit obviously not <laughs> uh, 
The funny story that I've heard is that he would essentially play League of Legends during business meetings. <laughs> apparently, he wasn't even very good at it. So good. <laughs> he would just be like, like losing a bunch while he's like trying to do these billion dollar deals and just playing League of Legends. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, maybe we're gonna have Leif on to talk about it at some point. Yes, uh, yeah. Leif, if you're listening to this, I would like you to talk about this with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to introduce the last topic? Sure. All right. So our final topic of the year that we are going to talk about is um, President Trump and the January sixth committee. Um, and I also want to kind of tie in the tax return thing that happened today as well. So, I might start with that, and or sorry, do you want to start with um, the committee, and then I can jump into the tax returns after? Yeah. So basically, the January sixth committee has been conducting an investigation of what happened on the sixth, uh, trying to to figure out um, like what happened, how responsible is is President Trump, and it turns out uh quite a lot. He's 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 very much responsible for it. They've uh, I think all of this this footage is, is public, but they've given hearings uh, throughout the summer. They gave hearings, uh, having people in to testify and talking about just what happened, the information that they've uncovered. Uh, and their final report, I think, is going to be coming out like very soon. And just uh, like this week, they approved a, a motion to suggest that the Justice Department charge Trump with several things, including insurrection. Uh, which would, under the 14th Amendment, prevent uh, President Trump from serving in office again. Um, so that could be a very big deal if uh, the Justice Department does decide to to bring that charge. They don't have to, uh, but the committee has officially recommended it. There's uh, There was a federal judge that looked at um, looked at a lot of their evidence, and he was like ruling on a subpoena or something, and he basically said, yeah, it's very likely that President Trump did did uh, commit a crime in regards to the six. So that's not obviously a, a conviction, but I think it's uh, it's saying the conviction is probably more likely than not. Um, the question is, I think, is whether the Justice Department will bring the case. That's another thing that I'm going to be looking for in 2023, what happens with that. Definitely. And like you were saying, like if there will be legal challenges to that, like if they do end up going forward with it, like, will people try to dispute it in court, whether he can run again or not? Like, as a violation of that clause or whatnot. Um, our last little thing I wanted to throw in as well is the House Ways and Means Committee voted uh, today, this is Tuesday, December 20th, um, to release President Trump's tax returns, which have been a huge um, topic of controversy in the last few years, especially with his presidency. Um and the committee voted 24 to 16, um, mostly along party lines, um, to release the full set of the tax returns, um, minus information like social security numbers, bank account information, and so on, like personal information, basically. But I think it'll be really interesting that they're releasing this to the public because it has been such a like spot of debate, I guess, and just controversy because a lot of people who are pro-Trump are like, well, that's his personal information, where most people are, are like, yeah, that's something that we should be able to see if he's a public official. So, yeah, very, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trump is definitely in a lot of legal hot water right now, um, but it hasn't quite reached a boiling point. I think it's going to next year, uh, as, as we've said a lot throughout this 
episode. So yeah, that's um unless you have anything else to say, that's that was twenty twenty two. That was twenty twenty two. Thank you all for coming along with us on our podcasting journey this year. It's been really exciting um, to just talk about different news events and different what the heck were they thinking. And I don't know. I'm just I'm so happy that this podcast has been started and look out for lots of great things from us in 2023. I can't wait to continue reporting. And thank you, Story, for all you do and for being our editor and our social media person. You're amazing. We really appreciate you. Yeah, it's, it's great. I really enjoy it. Uh, before we go, I wanted to talk a bit about themes. Ooh, um, yes, that's good. What is 2022 the year of? What What are we going to, to look back on and remember this year for? Ooh, sorry, I'm going to let you start because I know we were talking about this earlier and you had some like solid things. Yeah, I think I think 2022 was the year of uh, speaking truth to power. I think we've seen all across the world Lots of protest movements against corrupt governments, uh, against um, you know all sorts of things. I think there's been a lot of people rising up uh, and saying that that we're not going to have enough of this, or that we've <laughs> that didn't make any sense. That we've had enough of this. It's it's late. It's been a long time uh, recording. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are saying that we're done. That we're going to protest, and I think. In America, we've seen a lot of uh, powerful people get uh, held accountable for their actions. And uh, President Trump has, has obviously been in the news a lot, but it's been because he's been facing legal challenges. And obviously, that hasn't quite reached a boiling point, as we said. But yeah, I think, I think uh, 2022 is the year of, of holding people accountable and speaking truth to power. Definitely. I agree. I think that this is a year that will definitely go down in history for having so many like just big events that I think will have a big impact in 2023 as well happen and I'm really curious to see how a lot of things that happen this year how they'll continue like I was just saying to play out in 2023 and if we'll see maybe an end to certain wars or conflict or what new things will be started so yeah make sure you all stay tuned with us all right and on that note Sunset out.